0: I know that we're thankful all year. We're Christians. We're thankful. But the Thanksgiving that we're going to talk about today is a Thanksgiving that goes deep into our spirit. You know, it's not just, well, I'm thankful. It's what what am I thankful thankful about? We know it's because Christ died on the cross, because there was suffering and grief involved. And I think that probably everyone here has experienced suffering and grief in some de- in some degree, and so today we're going to just give thanks and i 'm going to ask you to this week to think on the things wherein he helped you lock, 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 long time ago something transpired in your life or things happened and maybe today there's still as a little bit we talked about cleaning out our closets but before that it's just to feel a thankful spirit deep in your heart for the goodness of God so uh, we try to in this season as we come into November and we see that God is giving the harvest God is meeting the thing you know Halloween is really the Lord's day it's the harvest coming forth it's it's those kinds of things that the enemy has tried to steal the very impo- important days that God has for us. So, yes, you may feel a little of the darkness pushing against you. If, if you do, you just know that you have a lot of light and he's jealous of it. And so just uh, stand strong in this season and plead the blood of Jesus and know that this is a season of growth. This is a season where God brings to us the goodness of his harvest. And that's what I want to talk about today. So... Uh, as we, this month is preparation for December, which is the greatest Advent that ever happened in our world. And the Advent simply means coming. It means that Christ came. Well, he came as a child, but church, he's no longer a child. He is now the risen Savior, the Redeemer of our soul, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is so much more today than a child, but he had the birth. And so we have this birth, and we have that glorious God in us. And so the world understands. I love this, that God puts on our calendar specific things. Think about this. In the, in the nations of the world, they're suffering today. But in our nation, we're getting ready to have turkey. We're getting ready to have Thanksgiving. We're ready to partake of the harvest that God has given to us throughout this year. Be so thankful, church. Because in some nations they have no food. They have not those things. So when we look around them, let us wake up and get out of ourselves and begin to see what's going on in the nation. I know that we do, but we can never have enough uh, energy, enough intercession. You know, to, we got to press into the things of God. We got to humble ourselves that God will hear us and that God will help our land and that God will move in a supernatural way. He's still a healing God. He's still a God that cares about His people, and He will always deal with wickedness. Amen. So today, we begin the the summit of Thanksgiving. Truly thankful not just thankful because we're alive not just thankful because he got us up this morning not just thankful because we have a paycheck but thankful because he brought us through the bowels of the earth he brought us through the difficulties the trials the tribulations and one of the things that I'm suggesting that you do in this month this whole month is to rise up in the morning and the first thing try to give three good reasons Why you're thankful, not just because you got money, not just because you got a car. But what did he do in the soul of your life? What did he do? Where did he save you? Where did he deliver you? Where did he bring you forth triumphant in your life? You got to go back. Me, I got to go back a lot of ways. But maybe you don't have to go back that far. But there's things that you can remember that hurt you, that disappoint you, and that you have to talk to God about. And then you can see that there is thankfulness in your heart that God brought you through those things. For me, probably 50 years ago, I I don't know exact because I don't keep record, but I went through divorce. And I was totally devastated because my mother told me I was called of God from birth. I believed her, and I sensed the power of God like that. And I went to Bible college, and I prepared myself. And then, lo and behold, I'm divorced. We come out of a denomination where, oh my Jesus, there's just He can forgive everything but divorce. But you know He can forgive everything, can't He? Amen. And He 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 understands the lives the life that we go through. So I was totally de- desperate, away from God, for that moment in a dark dark place. And God came to me and ministered to me. And I think I've probably probably told you this before, but this beautiful dark lady came to my house in the middle of the night, and I, knew, I hardly knew her. I met her at the radio station, and she spoke words of life to me. And that's what this is about, that we need, it says that God has given us the tongue of the learned. Many of you, if I said, can you go out and encourage so-and-so? You say, well, I, I don't know. He's given you the tongue of the learned to minister to somebody that's in a weary season. And that's what happened to me. And every time I get into Thanksgiving season, I remember that night that God delivered me and set me free. And look, I'm the pastor of the church. How did that happen? See, God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with Him. And we don't understand the way that He leads us. We don't understand the path. I certainly did not understand the path. But I tell you of a truth today, that all things are possible with God. But you know what? To build our faith, we have to go back there where we were desolate and where God met us and He healed us and He saved us all over again in a whole new dimension and then he used this us for his glory. So I want you to see the scriptures today that we look at because it says that he has given us the tongue of the learned. That person did not know what I was going through. She didn't know anything, but she heard what God said and she came and she was obedient. And so you can give a word in season. You don't have to know anything. You just have to know the word of God because when you speak the word of God, it's life. So that's my testimony and I give it probably every year. And I want to encourage you to get a testimony. You know, I have more of them. That's just the most devastating to my life. But I have many times that God has saved me. He healed me. He brought me through heart surgery. He's done so much for me. And this is a season to remember those things and say, Lord, I thank you for healing me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for making my heart well. You know, begin to name those things that God has brought you through. Go beyond, well, I'm just thankful. What are you thankful for? Think about it in this season. In a moment, it might be a little, a little touchy. It might feel a little sting. But, you know, when you, receive, when you remember what he brought you through. So I'm going to ask every Sunday, I'm going to ask who has a deep meaning Thanksgiving that they would like to share. So you just think about it, see what God says to you. And we don't have to be embarrassed here. We have to just know that God is a faithful God. And whatever has transpired in our life, he has forgiven us for. Whatever broke us, he has healed us. Whatever, whatever devastated us, he delivered us. So I want us to think about Thanksgiving in a much more thing. You know, we got plans for Thanksgiving dinner. I love turkey. All these things are exciting. But how much more exciting is what God has done for us in our life? So the text today comes from Isaiah 54. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Do we have anybody weary here today? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And notice what he says. He waketh. Me morning by morning. What a thanksgiving, isn't it? He waketh me morning by morning. He waketh mine ear to hear as the learned. You know, he does all that for us, and our job is to be obedient to him and to pass along the spirit of thanksgiving. Sometimes there's a weary season. Proverbs 15:23 says, A man hath a job by the answer of his mouth. You know, when we look for jobs, we understand what a job is. But when I say you have a job as a Christian, you have, you, the word of God is so clear. It says man has a job by the answer of his mouth. Why? Because he gave us the tongue of the learned. If you can quote John 3.16, you will have a learned spirit. Because that is a liberating passage of scripture that will bring people out of darkness into God's glorious light. So this is a season to remember, to be thankful to God for the hard things, for the serious things, for the things that cause pain in our life, and what He brought us through. And uh, here, verse five and seven, a continuation of Proverbs, says, "The Lord hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away my back." This is this. When you look at this passage of Scripture, you can hear Jesus. It's that I gave my back to the smiters. And my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. That's when Christ hung on the cross in open shame. And he, and he willingly gave himself that he might not be ashamed. And consider Jesus and his obedience to the Father, the season of suffering, the purpose of his suffering for us. We wonder why do we have to go through these things. It's a crucified life, church, and we go through these things that we might experience the power of his help, that we might experience the power of hope. And I pray this morning that God will infuse us with his hope and his power for the days ahead because these are dark days because man's hearts are evil and man's hearts have turned from the glorious kingdom of our God. So consider Jesus and his obedience that he would be obedient to his father. We had this glorious Sunday school uh, message this morning of Abraham and Isaac and, and Abraham being willing to offer his own son. What will we offer? The scripture says, what will I offer to him that has done so much for me? Galatians 9 and 10 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in seasons we will reap if we faint not. Have you ever been to the point of fainting? I think every Christian at some time in their life has had a moment of fainting. You just lay before God and you say, why? And because you don't get the answer, the enemy tries to inflict fear upon us. But God is grateful God is merciful. We cannot be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Uh, We have eternal life, church. We have a goal. We have a place where, where we are going to live eternally with our God. So we need to just shape up our salvation, shape up our faithfulness, shape up our obedience, and wait on to see what God is going to do. So it says, As we have therefore opportunity, I'm in Galatians 6, 9, and 10. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. But I like to mention that we need to be good to all mankind because God is requiring that of his people. Second Timothy 4 talks about magnifying the Lord and being instant in season and out of season. That's what I did to Donnie today. You know, be instant in season and out of season. There's never an out of season for the believer. There's never an out of season because we have the tongue of the learned. The word of God is the is the learning spirit that ca- keeps us through the difficult times of our life. And so here in Second Timothy four, and I I'd love you to read this in your devotions this week, it talks about magnifying the Lord, being instant in season. And out of season, in other words, that says when you don't feel like it, you do it anyhow. When you don't know that you have anything to say to anybody, you just offer a kind smile and a word. And all of a sudden, the tongue of the learn comes out and you give them a word in season that can change their life. It doesn't have to be a boisterous, bold, strong, long word in season. It just has to be a word in season. You know what God said? Do what God said and everything will work together for good. You know, and you never know that when you offer a word in season and we need to do that because that's what uh, uh, encourages the body of Christ. That's why we feel encouraged when we come here, because we feel the presence of God and it's in one another. And if we see if one another is down and we witness to them, then we'll bring out to bring the weariness out of them. This is a season that the enemy wants to get. A foothold. This is a season that we give thanks for our salvation, for our Redeemer. We're coming to Advent. We're coming to the coming of the birth of our Savior, the birth of our redemption. We're coming to that. That's the most hated season of all in the, in the dark world. They don't want the light of Christ to shine. They want to, they want to bring the world into worldly things in the season and not into godly things. But it's Christmas. That means Christ Mass. That means the day of communion, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, the time that we celebrate Christ. And when we get to Advent, we'll celebrate Him every, every Sunday in, in, in the Eucharist or in the Holy Communion, in the Mass of the Spirit. You know, sometimes we look at things in, in other denominations and we think, well, that's Catholic. But uh, Christmas is what it is. It's Christmas. It's a it's a reunion of the worship of the body and the blood of Christ. That's what Christmas is. But the devil hates it, so it's anything but that in the world today. So when you when you go through the the marketplace and you buy your groceries and they say Merry when they say Happy Holidays, you say, oh, oh, wait a minute. This is Merry Christmas. And that doesn't have to be a nasty anything. That just has to be your witness that this is Christ's time. This is the body and blood of Christ that was shed for us that we could have the greatest Christmas, eternal life. And it's important, church. We go through this every year, but it gets humdrum. You know, well, that's Christmas. We got to do all the shopping. We got to do all this. We got to do that. But the first thing we should think is we got to glorify Christ. We have to, we have to go and sit before Him and worship Him and and adore Him and think of Him first. Then we think of all the other things. The giving, the part of our gift giving is that He gave His life for us. Greatest gift that could have ever been given. So Timothy four talks about that. He says, let us exhort. With all long suffering, sometimes it will be long suffering because sometimes God will take you out of your way, out of your comfort zone and require of you something that you don't normally do. But He has given you the tongue of the learned if you have the word of God in you and you can give a word in season. And this is the season that we need to have, see it. Pay attention to the people that are waiting on you in the marketplace. If they look sad, talk to them. Give them hope. This is a season of hope you know talk to them talk about the goodness of God in this season and take the opportunity because this is a great great opportunity it's it's a wonderful thing to do so in Timothy four he says, you know, exhort with all long suffering for, for the time is coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. Does the church hear the word of God? The time is coming that they will not hear sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? One man, one woman in marriage? What is sound doctrine? Children taught to obey their parents and, and to give their bodies to God and not to the things of this world. You know, this is the sound doctrine that is being lost in today. And we are the givers of of the doctrine. Dr. Gorant was talking to me this morning about John the Baptist. He is the forerunner to bring in Christ. Well, who are we? We are the forerunners of the coming of the King of glory. And so we should be given those opportunities that God has given to us. Take every one. Ask him in the morning. Give me an opportunity to just speak one word in season, a learned word from the word of God. So Timothy said, they're not going to endure sound doctrine. We are there, church. We are there. There is no sound doctrine in our world, in our society, except in god's people and we're we're the forerunner of the king of glory that's coming to rapture the church and it's all right they don't understand those things but you know give them the word anyhow maybe it'll quicken something in their spirit it will quicken something in their spirit if it's the word of god so in this season of thanksgiving let us magnify the goodness of god and share the truth share where we once was and where he brought us to You know, to everything there is a season. Ecclesiastes 3.1, which was the essence of the message today. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the earth. God put Thanksgiving on the map. So that we can be reminded of the most powerful event that he ever gave to mankind. When we get to Advent, you know, it's Christmas. Everybody gets off work whether they love him or whether they don't. But that day is there to remind us as the believers that Christ is to be glorified. And so let us do that. Let us give every opportunity. Let us not do it in a, in a A pushy fashion that they will say leave them alone they push you a Christ but let us just give the smile and the admonition and the love of Christ and and the obedience that God wants us to give and be a light in this world in this season of Thanksgiving, we need to magnify the goodness of God. This is a season that God has given us on our calendar. He's going to give us Advent, the season of Christmas, and everybody in the world is going to do what they want, but God's people are going to rule and reign because there are showers of blessings coming on the body of Christ if we're willing to go through the plan of God. Satan knows how to upset us, church. I don't have to tell you that, and I give no glory to him, but he does know the buttons to push. And when he does, that's when the victory of God comes forth in our life. And that's when we stand strong against the powers of darkness, because God fights for us, and God is a much stronger enemy than the works of darkness. So remember, speak the word. It is our weapon to the warfare against the evil of darkness. And we're in this dark period of time The devil wants us to fear. He wants to harass us. He wants to show himself, but he is never going to be as glorious as our God. Never, never, never. Advent season is coming shortly. Isaiah 9-2 prophesies. Isaiah the prophet prophesies, and he says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. When you walk into their presence, they will see a difference. They need to see that difference because that brings conviction to their life. So let's let's just bone up in this season and let's set ourselves to be a thankful have a thankful spirit. Let us go into the advent season with the power of Christ and knowing that Jesus altar was the cross. He gave himself at the altar for us. Let us give ourselves for him in a great way. So the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. God has shined his light upon us. Amen. We dwelled in death, but we are not in death no longer. We are in the gift of eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew four sixteen is the same scripture. And it says, they said in darkness, but they saw a great light. Does the church see that great light? Amen. Because the en- enemy would force his darkness upon us. But we have to know that we have the light of Christ in us. Jesus said these words. While you have light believe in the light that you may be children of light so do not let the darkness overwhelm you do not let satan's harassment cause the light to dim in your in your lighthouse keep your lighthouse light lighted he says believe in the light that you may be the children of light john 8:12 Jesus said these words. He said, again, I'm saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Probably every Christian here knows that passage of scripture. But when you, when you become susceptible to the Holy Spirit and you go into the marketplace, you can see in eyes of people. So you can see the darkness or you can see the hurt. Or you can see the devastation that's in their eyes. If you ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear, then you will have the opportunity to share that learned tongue that God gives you through the power of his word. So it's a glorious season of thanksgiving to everything is a season. This is a season to bear down on our thanksgiving, to remember the hurtful places and that what God brought you through so that you can give him glory once more for his deliverance in your life. Second, Corinthians, second Corinthians six, four, six for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 9. I want you to write that down because it's a mouthful. God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Do we have the knowledge of the glory of God? Because it's more powerful than the darkness that the enemy is doing in our world today and in our lives. It says that we have the glory in the face of Jesus Christ. He wants, the world wants, God wants the world to see his glory in us. Just stand in front of the mirror and check your countenance. What kind of countenance do you have? Now, I said this, so you're going to run into the restroom and go... You know, no, no, no. Just someday when you're brushing your teeth and you're thinking about all the bills or something, look up in the mirror and see if you see the glory of the face of Christ in the mirror. Because those things should not deter us from the power and the glory of our God. And verse seven says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Again, you know this, but how do you feel about it? Do you think there's a treasure? In you, Well, there is, because Christ, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost all live in you. You're packed with treasure. Sometimes I think I'm packed with other stuff, but we're packed with the glorious excellency of God's glory, church. That the excellency of the power, does this sink in? Does the excellency of the power be of God? It's not of us. We need to have that power that's of God that's in us that our faces just normally shine with the power of his glory. We don't have to say face. It's time to smile. You know, but we walk in a realm of the glory of God and the shine of God is upon us. This is a season that hearts are happy and merry the wrong way. And this is a season that hearts are sad and gloomy because always the enemy does hurtful things in the glorious season of Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we're serving God. He's done glorious things for us, but probably we've all had some kind of a setback in this season because that's the enemy's tool is to remind us of things that set us back so that we can have the glory of the shine of Christ upon our face. So this is just a inspirational thought today. The people who walked in darkness. If you ever walked in darkness, you know how powerful the light is. So let us not dwell in dark thoughts. Let us not dwell in the darkness of bills and all those kinds of things. But let us dwell in the riches of our God. Because they are more powerful than the things of the darkness. I I thank God that he brought me out. I want us to be brought out today by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want us to know that it is the type of life that God requires things of us that we don't always prepare for, we don't always like. And we go through hard seasons, you know. Things that worry us, he will see that we worry over them. But we don't have to sit in darkness because the light of Christ has shined upon us. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And we are troubled on every side, yet distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. I had to quote that to me for so many years and probably the years ahead. But we have to remember that in God, we're okay. We're going to be mighty. And we have a destination that the enemy cannot torment us in ever again. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to close this morning. But this passage of scripture I want to read to you. Well, actually two short ones. First, Peter 1, 5 and 8. Now we have this excellency of treasure that lives in us, right? So when we live in the season of light, the light dispels the darkness, church. I I take offense at the enemy trying to bring darkness. Here's what I do at night. Every room I live in, one, two, three, four, five rooms, every room has a light on at night, a nightlight. Because whenever I am tormented by the things of the enemy and I wake up, I see light. And it reminds me that he is the light of the world. And he is more powerful than the darkness that the enemy tries to set upon us. So I'm saying this to you today. We are kept by the power of God through faith and to salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We're waiting to be revealed in eternity and stand before the Lord in the last day. That's what I see. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. At the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is the enemy's job to torment church, but it is God's job. To bring his mercy and his grace and reveal himself in the last day to the power of with, it. we have unspeakable joy. I want to thank Jesus for this season of Thanksgiving. I want to thank him for putting it on the calendar that we can worship him in a special way. That it's not just the meat is good, the turkey's good and, and we're all together and we're playing games and we're having fun. But, The thanksgiving is what he has done in my life. The deliverance that he has brought, the things that he has healed me from, the things that he has cleansed me from, all that he has done in my life. And I need to go back and remember how I once was, that I can give glory to how I am now in Christ. Let the church hear this morning, Psalm 104 and 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him. And bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. You know, let it be in our spirit to praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let us see the blessings and not the heartache. But when we see the heartache, let us see the blessing of what God has brought us through. And let us continue to change. Let us move from glory to glory. Let us be better than we was last, last night Last week, last year, let us be better. And we're going to have more trials and temptations, church, because it's a journey to eternal life. It's a crucified life. And God will be with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. But we have got to be uh, 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 John the Baptist. We have got to show forth the preparation because Advent is coming. And it's not just going to be the coming of a child. It's going to be the coming of the resurrected Lord Jesus, the King of glory. You know, he's going to, it says, open up ye gates and let the King of glory come in. And I would say that to the church this morning. Please Let the king of glory come in. Rise up in the morning and think of something that devastated you. And then say, oh, God, you're so good. You brought me through. I thank you for delivering me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for giving me another house after the fire. I thank that these are the things that you have done. I thank you like... Like David, you know, gone through the fire, gone through all those things, and yet he's there, he's whole, he's complete, you know, and you have testimonies in your life. So next week, I want to hear all Thanksgiving, I want to hear thanks that God has done something marvelous in your life. You can point to it just a little way. I don't have to tell you everything about divorce. It's horrible. But I can tell you that when there is a division and a separation and a devastation, that God can come through in a most glorious way and do something purposeful in your life that will shock you. Thank you, Jesus, for your glorious mercy. Thank you, Father God, for our salvation. God, help us to be thankful when we remember things that hurt us. Oh, God, let us remember that you brought us forth triumphant, that we are here today to serve you, Father God to bask in the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Father God, put the shine on our face. Put the shine in our heart, O God. Let the world see that you live in us and the glory of your face is upon us, O God. Let us give thanks, Lord, in a supernatural way, I pray. Let us prepare our hearts, Lord Jesus, for your coming as the child to give us the promise of eternal life, O God. How we love you, how we worship you. Father God, we let no darkness dwell upon this holy season. We give you thanks in Jesus' holy name we ask it. Bless the offering today, Lord. Bless the tithes. Bless the giver. Bless our house, Lord, with the finances as you have always done. We give you praise in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.